Welcome to the Fully Alive Man podcast. This is a podcast to help men become fully alive by doing life together. We really believe that um, when men move out of isolation, out of handling life independently and on their own and doing life with, with other men, men who know them and they know well, um, they really do life better. And we have more of an opportunity to become more fully alive in who we were made to be. And so that's what we talk about. That's what we're going to talk about today with, with a little bit of a different topic added in. My name is Lee Rogers. I work at North Point Community Church with men's groups. Normally, I am joined and co-hosted um, by my friend Doug, but he is on vacation today, or I should say friend and co-worker Doug Hurley. He won't be here today, but we do have a special treat. We have a guest, Peter Burke. Peter, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Lee. We have brought Peter on, wanted to have him on, uh, been thinking about it for a little while, around this particular topic that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about this idea of, um, well, in our current climate, a lot of guys are trying to figure out work and trying to figure out career stuff and career questions. And this has been a little bit of a focus for Peter, um, probably for the last, how long, Peter? 17 years. 17 years. That's amazing. Um, and I'll let you introduce yourself a little better, but we want to get into this topic today of, um, one, how do we help guys who are in career transitions, job transitions, figuring things out? Two, what what are some practical things that we should do if, if we're the one there? And then finally, what all do we need to think about around this topic? Um, but Peter, tell us a little bit about, if you don't mind, um, Give us a, a little bit of a bio, a history on you. Where are you from? How'd you get here? What has life been like for you? Originally from Southern California, came from a very small family with only 12 children. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was the fourth of, uh, wow. of 12. Um, we moved to, we were in Southern California, moved to Georgia. My wife and I did in 1983. For the first time, we moved six times in nine years. I was in the technology world in those days. Uh, my background is in sales and general management kind of roles. And um, when, did, you, Point, did you come for an Atlanta-based company? I, I, I did. Well, sort of. IBM was was actually okay. based in uh, in New York, but I was with IBM early in my career and 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 mostly with large companies and. Um, and I've been continuing to, it's currently I'm in the sales consulting, sales strategy. Okay. I have my own business and gives me uh, plenty of flexibility. It's really interesting that all these years you've been in technology and technology does not look today anything, I'm guessing, anything like it did in 1983. No, it, it does not. In fact, uh, you know, the, the promise of, hey, these smartphones are going to be great because then you can really have balance in your life. I'm sure that's working right. out well for everybody. Yeah, it's going to free up a lot of time for us to do many yeah. other things. Yes, <laughs> like <amazing>. work. <laughs> yeah, and did you say how many kids do you have now? We have three grown daughters okay. and seven grandchildren. Wow. And uh, four of those live here in the greater Atlanta area and three are out in San Diego. Wow, that's awesome. And San Diego is where you guys are from? 
Well, the Orange County, San Diego, Southern Cal. Yeah, and what have you been doing? Um, I know your focus ministry-wise with other things has been um, on marriage and has been on kind of helping people with career stuff. What what does that look like? How did you get into those things? Uh, well, the, the, the Cliff Notes version is on the career side, 17 years ago, I was going through my second career transition, trying to determine what's next and where God wants me and, and how I can use my talents and gifts. And one of the things that I came to the conclusion uh, on at that stage of my life was that flying solo in job search is really less than optimum. Wow. And churches, even 20 years ago, were really kind of catching this wave of the notion of small groups applied to different stages of life. And so the notion that I think God planted in my brain is why in the world wouldn't we apply that to job transition? And so we started with five guys. Uh, We met at a Seattle's Best Coffee Shop 17 years ago. And I convinced them that, uh, hey, we're probably better together than any one of us is alone. And they were foolish enough to say yes. And, uh, and that started a, a journey. And we've had now over 12,000 people wow. come through the program since uh, the beginning. Goodness, that is amazing. And just real quick, I know it's not our topic today. What has what your heart been for marriage? I know it's, it kind of is a group thing as well, but what is that? It, it is. About seven years ago, I started conducting workshops, mostly because, as you've probably heard me say before, Lee, I'm convinced that God can make a ministry out of our mess. Yes. And and because I was the workaholic type A, traveling globally, overzealous about my work and underinvested in more important things like my, my marriage relationship to Devaney, and we've now been married 39 years. Wow. Uh, I, I started a journey about that same time where um, we... Um, well, the quick story is I, I came to North Point and we, I, I had this brilliant idea that we should help mentor other couples. I went to Devaney and said, hey, I got a great idea. And she was completely underwhelmed by that notion. <laughs> and uh, so, so she finally uh, agreed. And we went through a workshop to kind of figure out how healthy our marriage was. And that's when it was pretty obvious to me that her disdain for my workaholism and my disdain for her disdain, you know, wow. you know, you think I'm doing this for the for my health. Sure. And uh, and we started unpacking kind of this whole journey. And I have had so much fun, Lee, walking with men now. Believe it or not, I have a, a marriage ministry that is only for men. Wow. And, um, and again, if somebody wants to check that out, they can go to menyourmarriagematters.com. And you can get all the details. That is fantastic. I know some men who have been through that workshop, and it has been amazing for them, truly amazing. And we'll include um, a link to that website in our show notes as well, because I'm sure there are lots of guys like me who want to be better husbands and want to have um, better marriages or at least know where to start. <laughs> That's exactly right. For sure. So jumping into the the topic at hand, I mean, we're talking to men, for the most part, who who understand the value of doing life with other men, kind of what you discovered a long time ago. And um, we're, we're always around this topic of 
not staying in isolation, being fully known by some other men, being engaged in our unique callings, being rooted in Jesus, all of those things. I guess the first question is, how do we care for the men who we're doing life with, the men in our groups that are worried, some have been laid off, some guys are furloughed? As this fear kind of creeps in, how do we care for the guys around us well? That's a great question, Lee. And I'll tell you, the timing is amazing for this whole discussion. In fact, we're gearing up right now with C3G, which is the ministry catering to the to both men and women who are in job transition, because we're about to see um, a, a real growth in the number of people who are participating. In a normal week for the last several years, we've had about 100 people uh, in the ministry. On Monday mornings, we meet at the Alpharetta campus. And my expectation is with soon to be 15 to 20 million newly unemployed or furloughed people, wow. we're going to have a, um, a significant uptick. Um, and so everybody in your listening audience knows people, I, I promise, even if you not, you're not aware, um, if you, when, when you figure out that you can get outside your house, you're going to determine that there are several people in your circle of influence that are uh, in transition of some kind, either already unemployed or about to be or um, scared to death that they will be in a reasonably short period of time. And the, the reason I love your question is what tends to happen is we always empathize, right? We always offer when we hear that they're unemployed, oh, you know, I'll pray for you, right? Sure. And I'll, which is a great answer, by the way. Sure. Um, but, but practically speaking, one of the other things that I've seen in terms of behavior is we then do our best to kind of avoid interaction with those people because we don't know what to say. We don't know how to help. We don't know kind of exactly what we can do that would be valuable. And we're a little uncomfortable with the whole discussion. So maybe first and foremost is I would resist that urge to avoid the interaction and engage, right? And, and just get, get engaged in the discussion. Yeah, that's really good. It does seem like slightly less risky if we keep that space in between ourselves and others that are I don't know, people that are in need in some way or another. And well, and it goes both ways because as I've gotten a chance to walk with lots of people on the other side, you know, the folks who are in transition, what they'll say when I ask the question, well, have you shared with your friends? Have you have you told your neighbors? Are you, are you updating people you've worked with before? Well, some, but, you know, I really don't want to worry people. Yeah. I don't. Well, I got to tell you, not telling people might be the worst job search strategy known to man. <laughs> right. Right. And, and so we, they've got to get comfortable. Anybody in your listening audience that is in transition, we have a simple rule in C3G that is more difficult to apply right now because of social distancing, but we call it the three foot rule. Hmm. And the basic premise is if you get within three feet of any living, breathing human, Anywhere you may be, you should tell them that you're in transition Wow! and and do it with bounce in your step and do it with a great attitude. Hey, I'm Peter. Uh, gr- great to meet you. I'm, I'm actually in transition now. I'm really looking forward to what the future holds. And, and what they'll find when they start applying this rule is that people that they meet, Christian or non-Christian, neighbors, small group, soccer parents, you name it, 
that people are delighted to help. Mm. And if on all basically when we're hiding our current situation, we're actually in a strange way, Lee, precluding those great people from from doing something that could be a great contribution to somebody else's life. And, uh, and, and we're really preventing them from doing that. Wow. That is really good. Um, and I, you touched on it, but I mean, it requires, um, a level of humility and just an, an effort to get past, gosh, I know for men, the, the work thing can bring so much shame or unemployment can bring so much shame and, um, that's kind of like a step, a pushback against that current as we accidentally tie our identities to our job and our career. Um, that's just a way of saying, nope, I'm going to stay strong and I'm going to be vulnerable to some degree and just that's right. let people know. Oh, I think you're exactly right. In, in fact, the classic scenario is somebody calls their friend, heard that they're unemployed or sees them on the street it says, hey, Jim, I heard you're out of work. What can I do to help? And, and the, you know, the classic answer is, well, just keep me in mind, right? And, sure. and the problem is the likelihood is nothing will happen following that. And, and I think maybe the advice I would give to anybody in this group that has friends that are in transition is um, be proactive, engage the discussion, literally, can you send me your resume? Tell me about what companies you're targeting. Are there current opportunities that you're in the middle of? And, and whether it's encouragement, whether it's an HR person who can provide help with a resume or somebody who's hyper-organized and can help them kind of get organized around how to, how to approach this job search in a project management kind of a way, there's everybody has different gifts, Lee. And if, and if they would just use those gifts for the benefit mm. of others, it, it might be the most valuable thing that you could provide to somebody in that situation. That's really good. So how to care for others. One, um, check in, don't avoid. Two, find out what they need and how we can help apply our gifts, contacts, whatever it is. You bet. Whatever it is. Yeah. Anything else on how to care for the men around us? Well, I, I, well, what I hope I didn't do is minimize the power of prayer because sure. I do think that's an important part of the equation. I, I just don't want it to be the only thing right? because practically speaking, there are tangible, valuable contacts, as you suggest. The average person in today's world probably has what, a thousand different contacts, sure. friends, uh, business associates, partners, et cetera. And, and if we would, you know, when we get 100 people on Monday morning, if each person conservatively knows 500 people, we know 50,000 people, mostly in the greater Atlanta area, there is nobody that we can't help you get to right. if we band together on behalf of each other. And that's really the premise of what C3G is all about. Wow, that is really good. So the, those two ideas of don't avoid and um, to reach out and see how we can help just make a lot of sense. And it is going to be the relationships, the connections, uh, just bringing that into the light in some sort of way that's going to feel like freedom and healing and energizing for all of us. You bet. And, and still 85% 
of people who find work, find it through relationships and through a friend who know a friend who used to work at a company. And, and so this notion of technology saves all, yes, there are great technologies, but, but um, you have to believe that networking is the key to, to job search success. That's good. So guys, don't stay alone. Um, use the men in your life, use your groups. That's what we're all here for. And we're all going to need it at some point. None of us were made to go through this life alone. And so, yeah, job loss and career things aren't any different. We, we still need, um, yeah, we still need people around us all the time. So that's how we care for others. That's how we love the men in our lives. Well, what are some practical steps that guys who are currently experiencing those things can take in, in your head? I mean, I assume guys already are putting together some ideas from what we've talked about, but what are some other practical steps? You know, if I've been laid off in the last week because the, the business is at an all-time low, what do I do? Where do I start? Well, there's several things. Um, it, it really, it starts with attitude, honestly. Um, the Bible talks about the notion of renewing our mind. Uh, I will tell you that the mind is a dangerous thing. And in job transition, you'd think that somebody who's worked productively for 20 plus years um, gets laid off maybe for the first time, perhaps it's a second time. Boy, it, it must be months before they would ever question their capabilities or their confidence. Well, the reality is when any of us are stuck in our home office or in our basement and you've been laid off, you, you start to doubt and you start to worry about, you know, maybe I'm not as capable as I thought I was. Maybe you talked about identity a few minutes ago. Right. Dang, what if a, somebody asked me what I do and I have to tell them that I'm no longer employed? Right. Now, you know, am I viewed differently? Do I have... Do I have less respect, whatever it may be? So I, I would just say the first order of business is I'm convinced that God is up to some really profound things mm. in this season of job transition. And that may be relationships to renew. That may be to, to maybe get you out of a bad situation that you knew it was toxic environment. And this gives you an opportunity to kind of go into a, a new world, maybe even change careers. Um, perhaps there's an opportunity for you to, to, to exercise your forgiveness muscles mm. because, you know, you, you can't believe that you were the one let go when you were the biggest contributor, whatever it may be. So, so there's a whole kind of mental attitude aspect of this thing that I think is really critical because when you are glass half empty and you're interviewing, good interviewers will be able to read whether or not somebody's either glass half full or glass half empty. Yeah, uh, I, I would say the second one is what we've been talking about a little bit, which is uh, don't travel this journey alone. Mm -hmm. uh, there are, you know, the, the old thing about six degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon. Yeah, it, it's it's no longer you know LinkedIn by itself. Uh, basically says that that you or I, if we were in transition today, if we have a, net, a reasonable network of people, there's probably very few executives in the greater Atlanta area that we couldn't get to in a fairly efficient way. Right. And whether that's with your small group of men or whether that's with, again, soccer parents or you know other church members, C3G, and, and I'll tell you, for anybody in Atlanta, uh, the, the good news, the thing you should be grateful for 
is I don't know of another city in the entire country that has better resources Mm -hmm. for job transition, uh, other churches, uh, other capabilities, even for-profit organizations that have a heart to serve people in transition. That's encouraging. Oh, yeah. it's But the tendency, Lee, is I got it. I've done this before. Right. I, I, you know, I can do it on my own. And that's a little bit of the spiritual battle, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Because I, I think not only in transition, but in life, if you're anything like me, you know, I've kind of grew up my, in, the, in the first 20 years of my adult life with if it can be accomplished, I've got to do it. Right. And, and I think there comes a point where you say, you know, um, A, I've got to trust God for the outcomes. I still have to be diligent. And B, we're not designed uh, to, to fly solo. So I, I think that would be uh, a key point. I, I would get real conservative on the financial side of things. Yes. We don't know how long this crisis is going to last. My prayer is that it's going to come back. The economy is going to come roaring back pretty quickly. But I, I found that a lot of people in job transition, if they're really proactive and pretty conservative on the spending side of the equation, that there's an interest rates are at an all-time low, and whether that's refinancing a mortgage or mm-hmm. cutting other costs or or cutting the cable or whatever it may be, there's opportunities for you to have more flexibility, perhaps not have to make as much money as you did before, yep. which gives you lots more job options. Yep. There's just a whole bunch of levers that people can pull that, that uh, really make the journey a, a lot more manageable. Yeah. Margin is a good thing. Um, and most of us don't travel with a lot of margin, but yeah, every bit that we can create in a time like this is going to be better for our heart and, um, better for our, you know, desperation factor and all of those other things, um, that come up. What else? I'd I'd probably raise a couple of others. If you haven't been in job search for a while, I would tell you that the technology, the tools, the process has changed entirely. So if you're an old school world uh, where you didn't have any tools, you're going to get a great education. If you you were used to the career builder monster.com of 10, 15 mm-hmm. years ago, that whole game has changed where LinkedIn and Indeed are probably the two prominent resources. I, I cannot underemphasize excuse me, I cannot overemphasize enough the power and the leverage of the LinkedIn tool. Uh, and most of us who have been working kind of poo-pooed that for a long time. It's like, no, I'm, I'm employed. I don't need that. That's just noise. Well, I got to tell you, that's how most recruiters are finding good talent. It's how most job seekers are getting good insights into who they need to know and how they can get connected. So you need to become a zealot on that front. And then maybe the the last thing I would say is, I I mentioned this, we're doing some Zoom conference calls with the C3G group virtually on Monday mornings while we can't be in the same room. And one of the things I've said for the last couple of weeks that we've done these is I I believe that no time in your and my adult life, Lee, will you have 30 to 45 days coming up where you have the ability and the luxury and and the access to the tools and the resources and the online kind of capabilities to retool and to, right. to get some certifications and to, to become smarter on a topic that perhaps you never got a chance to study because you didn't have the bandwidth. 
And I just see so many people starting to dive in and say, you know what, I'm going to zealously figure out how to, how to retool in this great kind of unique, weird time and come out the back end better off than I came into it. And that's the encouragement I'd give to people on the, on the call. Gosh, that is really good because a lot of us, um, even, you know, I know I, I was unemployed for a, a few years back around 2009, I was in the building industry and it's almost like I felt busier trying to figure things out than I did when I just, I had a job. And so it might not occur to a lot of us to, um, yeah, try to add to our resume or try to add to our skill set or our knowledge or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I am curious for those of us who are like me, who have no idea, the value of LinkedIn, you were talking about that. And it didn't even occur to me before that um, recruiters looking on there and making connections on there. Why is why is that the space? Is it that it's just kind of the accepted place for networking? Well, it's it, yes, that that's part of the answer. But but let me go back in history a little bit. Uh, 15 years ago, 10, even 10 years ago, employers have always loved and had a bias around the employed worker as opposed to the unemployed worker. Right. Well, prior to LinkedIn, if you were employed and you had your resume on Monster and CareerBuilder, you were making a proclamation to your employer that you're in the market. Yes. You were effectively being disloyal. Dicey. That's right. And, and therefore, what did you do? You were more conservative and you'd wait until you actually had the need. Well, LinkedIn comes along and says, you know what? This is for everybody all the time to make business connections and everything else. And it's no longer this stigma that if you have your profile on LinkedIn, that you're not doing anything that's disloyal at all. Gotcha. You're actually helping to create networks and contacts for the business you're representing. And, and so now, Recruiters have the ability with keyword searches to find both unemployed and employed people whose profile is self-managed and my ability to find the employed worker is just gone up exponentially. Wow, that is interesting. So it just keeps it out there. So it's it's almost like a level playing field about whether you're looking or not looking. That's right. That's exactly right. And it and it is a phenomenal searchable tool. It's a great way to meet recruiters. It's a great way, you know, the simple example, if, if you decide you want to have a contact at Coca-Cola company here in Atlanta, well, you have the ability to probably find 150 executives conservatively, some in your functions and others in other functions, right. find out what church they're affiliated with, identify those that might be North Point members, you know, literally send them a small little message that says, hey, uh, you know, you guys have got an opening. We both go to the same church. I'd love to connect and right. uh, just think about the power of being able to do that on a regular basis. Very interesting. You are, uh, yeah. I I hope I don't lose my job anytime <laughs> soon. But if I do, we're going to be having this conversation again, or at least I'll be listening to this podcast again. Yeah, I, I was going to say I may be the I may be your downfall, Lee. So be careful. You may be my employer in the future. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. So, um, practical steps we could take: renew your mind. Um, just thinking about Romans twelve, 
you're not alone. Don't be alone. Think about spending conservatively. Um, recognize that job searching has changed and use the time that we've given. Like you said, it may be the only time in our entire lives where we're given just a, a, a little bit of a break um, to improve and to, to focus on learning something new. That is incredible. What else do you think men need to know right now? I think this is a weird, very unique time. And you and I both know that with COVID-19, and if you're anywhere near a television or any, even the internet, the, the hysteria and the overemphasis and the data and everything else can just kind of overwhelm you. And whether you're working or you're not working, the, maybe the first thing I would say is, I, I think as Jesus followers, one of the things we have to be guarded against is to get so preoccupied and, and so um, kind of uh, overwhelmed with, with all of those things that we lose sight of the fact that God will redeem this, will, will use this in some really powerful ways. And, and we, we don't know what that'll look like, but whether that's the renewal of the family or marriages or, right. or, or working less or hard and, or traveling less, I just think there's going to be some really fascinating things that come out that's good. over the course of the next um, several months. And, and, and now let's apply that to the individual. So, so the person who's unemployed, your first thought is, oh, this is terrible. I mean, how am I going to survive? We're going to cut into our savings. We can't right. even pay the bills now. And and again, I, I, I had a good mentor of, of mine many, many years ago who challenged me when I was thinking about leaving corporate America and going to a to um, a, what I call a, a highly leveraged job, which basically meant zero salary. And he said, why, why don't you go do it? And I said, well, Dan was his name. I said, Dan, um, what if it doesn't work out? And I'm just not sure. Yeah, good question. So, so, right. So he said, you're fearful, it sounds like. And I said, okay, great. I'm fearful. <laughs> and he says, well, you know what fear is, Peter? And I said, well, why don't you tell me? Right. And, and he said, it's fear is actually the, the opposite of faith. Oh, wow. Because basically what you're saying is that we don't trust God. And so maybe the headline from my perspective is, I have now walked with enough men and women who have gone through job transition to know, and have even been on the employer side, that when you go through a transition, the vast majority of people, when they land, and it may take longer than they wanted, but when they land, invariably, they will say to their friends and to me, boy, in a weird way, I'm glad that happened. I can't believe I've ended up in a better place. Wow with a better perspective and a, and a new paradigm. And, and, but that takes faith and it takes trust to be able to walk in that and then be diligent enough and proactive enough to, to pursue those things with a glass half full kind of perspective. And so that's probably the big headline from my perspective. Wow, that is huge. And I feel like just what you said can bring hope to a lot of people. Based on your experience, you know that God can not only intervene, but possibly do a better thing um, with our lives than, than we have been experiencing. 
And you're saying that with eyes wide open, the knowledge that a lot of people are going to feel like I'm too old to get another job. I'm too old to learn a new thing. I um, have been stuck in the same thing for too long to get this figured out. You're saying we can still have hope. Absolutely. And the majority of people, you know, they do have those concerns. They do have those fears. But the, but the reality in the postmortem is there is life after that job you had. And, and for an amazing number of people, Lee, it's, it's interesting. If you, if you study this stuff, which I do probably too much, um, I, I would tell you that 50% of the working population would declare themselves um, relatively miserable in their work. Wow. And it begs the question, why don't they leave? Sure. And, and the reason they don't leave is, well, it's better than nothing. And it's, and I'm, and I'm not sure the evil I don't know is better than the evil I know. Right. So I, I, and I'm Henry David Thoreau says, most men lead, lead quiet lives of desperation. That's right. And, and I think that's all that phenomenon. And so what God is basically doing is grabbing us by the collar and saying, listen, pal, I, I know you're not happy and you're not fulfilled and it's a toxic environment. I know this is going to be painful and you're going to claw to make sure that, that you don't get ripped from this environment. But there is life after where you are today. If you'll trust me enough and walk in faith. And that's my encouragement to your audience. Man, that is so good. I, I think everything that you just explained is is the picture of the fully alive man. The fully alive man isn't necessarily perfectly employed all the time. He's, he's one who's trusting and making himself ready for the next thing that God has for him. And, um, and hope is a big part of that. And I think uh, your, your words are giving us hope and you have the, the experience to speak into it. You know, a lot of us can sort of in a trite way say, oh, you know, everything's going to be okay. But you've seen it with thousands of people going through transitions and trying to figure it out. So that is awesome. Wow. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. And I, let me, when we hang up, Lee, I will send you a link in case anybody on this call or listening in your audience is in transition or about to be in transition. We have opened up the registration for the C3G group, awesome. which allows them to get access to job leads and our Zoom calls on Monday mornings. But I'll send that registration link to you and you can link it to this podcast and we would be delighted to have you join us first virtually and then, God willing, um, sooner than later when we're back together physically at the Alpharetta campus of North Point. And I look forward to meeting anybody we can help. Fantastic. Love it. Hey, I've got um, three questions that we always ask our guests. These are the ones I always forget to prep people on. So <laughs> we're going to be shooting from the hip just a little bit. So. Um, the first question is, what are you currently reading or learning? Oh, I am insatiably reading about marriage. And it's been this way for literally the, the last 16 years. Wow. And so about 80% of every book, of all the books and all the articles, and even the sermons that I watch, I'm I just, God has planted this thirst for knowledge on his design for marriage. And I couldn't be more excited about sharing those learnings with other men. Does any particular um, book or article come to mind right now? Yeah, I, I love Keller's book, The Meaning of Marriage. Okay. 
I, I love um, uh, the the uh, uh, Paul Paul David Tripp has a book yes. called What What Did You Expect? I love both those guys, which is uh, a great book on on marriage. And uh, if you go to that website I mentioned earlier, there's lots of other resources we can yeah. point them to. Paul David Tripp keeps it real. <laughs> that guy, yeah. he, he won't yeah. mince words. Yeah, conviction is his strength. Yeah, it's really good. Um, all right, so the second question is, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Um, I would suggest that, that he not be nearly as zealous in his worldly pursuits. Wow. And, um, and that's hard to say. I sometimes get asked the question, Peter, would you do it differently the next time around? Yeah. And, and I have to be very honest and very transparent. I struggle with the question because uh, I did work hard. I never met a job I didn't like. Sure. I, I, I did underinvest in, my, in some key relationships. Thankfully, God was gracious enough to allow us to, to come through that tunnel of, of challenge yeah. in, a, in a good way. And, and I learned, and I think we're better and closer today, Devaney and I, than, than had we not gone through that difficult time. So in a strange way, um, I, that's probably the one adjustment I'd say is, is maybe slap him around a little bit and say, <laughs> you know, focus on some other priorities first. Yeah, just thinking about I would tell my 20-year-old self the same thing. Actually, every time I've asked that question, I, th I think, okay, I'm going to put that on the list to tell my 20-year-old self if I get the chance. Um, <laughs> and, and then lastly, the third question is, what is your $100 or under $100 frivolous purchase that you would make right now? That's, I don't even have a good answer. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I, I, if I'm really honest with you, Lee, I am cheap. And if I call it frugal. That's the nice way to say it. Yeah. So uh, if I have a hundred dollars, I'm it's going in the bank account. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> You're purchasing a hundred and one dollars in the future. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's fantastic. Okay, we'll take it. We'll take we'll take honesty over I don't know frivolity. What. Yeah, frivolity, <laughs> um, especially in this case, and especially around this topic for sure. All right. Well, guys, I hope that this is helpful. I hope that you guys are hearing Peter. We'll include links in the show notes to um, the different things that he talked about and some of the points that he made, because this really is incredibly important information. And just most importantly, the, the ideas of living life out of isolation and pushing back against against some of the natural tendencies that we have in um, difficult times and difficult situations like career transitions and job loss and all of those different things that are certainly possible right now. So um, as always, we want you guys in your groups and with the men in your life or even as you listen to ask the question, what does this mean for me personally? Two, what am I going to do about it? And three, how can we help? How can the guys around me help me? Um, even processing this information, even be bold enough to ask, does this even matter for me? Do we even trust these guys? Um, all of that's okay. Just have the conversations and make it personal for you and, and useful for you. As always, thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and a like or whatever else it is. It all helps. Thanks a lot. Bye.